Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Oh, hey there, everybody. What's up? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we get started, let me remind everybody that Tim Stodds FM is brought to you by StodzyMedia.com. Stodzy Media is a high-end digital marketing and SEO firm. We focus on implementing digital strategies that are actually going to make you money. Everything that we do is focused solely on creating an impact, a meaningful impact on your business. All I'm saying is that if you are serious about growing your online presence, your online business, then give us a call. You can fill out a contact form. We'll give you a free SEO and online marketing audit. No gimmicks, no spam. If it just turns into a conversation and we can find a way that we can maybe give you some tips and some pointers and that helps you, that's all good. We just want to see you succeed. StodzyMedia.com. That's S-T-O-D-Z-Y Media.com. My guest today is a extremely intelligent and bright woman named Lily Jaffe. Lily is the owner and the founder of a sports nutrition and supplement company called Evolving Bodies. She's got an amazing story to tell, first and foremost. Uh, her life experiences and some of the things that she's been through, she was very candid about a lot of these experiences, and I really, really appreciated that, especially talking about it in such a, a public forum such as this podcast. And she's one of the most knowledgeable people in a lot of the internal systems that our body uses to to regulate itself and regulate our hormones and how we feel and our serotonin levels. And she's got just some really, really um, interesting and common sense perspectives on how to make some simple changes to regulate your body and to just ultimately be a happier person, a more productive person, and a a person that is going to live a long, meaningful, healthy life. I seriously enjoyed this conversation. I was I was pleased and I was excited to learn everything that I did from Lily. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation as well. So please help me welcome Lily Jaffe. First off, thank you so much for joining me. Oh my God, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, it's been, uh, I haven't seen you in what, like a in, year? Yeah, it's been a long time. Like that, about a it's year. been a long time. I uh, have been quietly sort of following what you're doing because i think the last time we spoke you were getting really into the videos and i remember being like being in front of a camera is difficult and i remember being very impressed with like how naturally you were able to to do the videos and you were doing um i think you were doing like shake recipes and yes and things like that so with that evolving bodies that's your brand that's your company just give a a quick introduction as to what it is and and what you do okay so evolving bodies um i create supplements i've been in the nutrition and fitness industry for so many years i think like 22 years now Mm -hmm. and i kind of realize what women need and what they want and the demographic of women that i was reaching for 
is anybody really from like 25 to 65 and all the hormonal issues that they're having and so you work mostly with women mostly i would say with women yes um i work with everybody but seems that you know women are more attracted to the information that i give and to what i do and what i teach um but i felt like there was a really big hole in the supplement industry and i'm constantly recommending supplements to people but they keep asking like what the best brand is and what I should go get, but everything just had so much crap in it, to be yeah. honest. You know, a lot of preservatives and a lot of sugar. Un- yeah, a lot of sugar and unnatural ingredients. And I also realized that a lot of these things that they were getting, like fat burners and um, you know, weight loss, quote unquote, pills, were just made up of of garbage and it was really putting a band aid on the problem. It wasn't really solving it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really healing their organs or healing their thyroid or healing their metabolism. or So I really wanted to create things that would help them long term. I wasn't promising like a quick fix, but would help them feel better and heal their inside so that, you know, things can start to work properly, like their metabolism and their thyroid and all the things in their blood sugar, mm-hmm. all the things that come together that create actual weight loss that's sustainable. Um, and, and so I went back to school to get my alternative medicine degree and I met this awesome professor and, um, her and I just really clicked and she's a doctor and she helped me develop an entire line of supplements with, um, an organic chemist, another doctor. Um, the other doctor actually was the creator of, um, garden of life products for like 20 years. Yeah. They're, they're actually a pretty good, um, supplement company. So I'm lucky to have her too. Garden of Life. Garden of Life. I'll write that down. I'll put write that it in down. The show notes. Okay, good. And um, yeah, so she was the product creator there. So I got really lucky, and we decided to create like an herbal line of products that help with everything from thyroid to hormone balance to blood sugar, good for diabetics, um, your electrolyte system, so you don't get so bloated and hold on to water. And we make like the cleanest, most amazing, delicious protein powder ever. Lactose-free, no preservatives, no garbage. You had some kind of clever name for it. It wasn't like your way. It's called your way. way. Yes. (laughs) That's right. It's way isolate protein because that's still the best source of protein if you're looking to lose or maintain your weight. Um, But we took out all the garbage and I only make vanilla for the reason that I don't have to put any artificial anything in it to give it a different flavor it's kind of natural so um yeah so that's what i'm doing and i feel really good about it i feel like we're we're doing something to really help the health of of our of our people and not just putting band-aids on things yes and i love the creative process so everything's herbal we don't ship any herbs or ingredients from outside the united states everything is is grown here and we break down every single ingredient herb to make sure that it's authentic um, so I think, I think we're doing a really good, um, we're doing a good job. We're doing, I think what feels right for us and, you know, conscientious and ethical and all that stuff. Always apparent when I have conversations with you is like how passionate you are about it. Um, I correct me if I'm wrong. And I was nervous to ask this question because no. I'm not even sure if it's right, but I remember having a conversation with you and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right mm-hmm. about this. Uh, your uh, knowledge and your desire to learn about fitness and about, you know, like internally what's going mm-hmm. on with your body came from, um, you were like sick as a kid. Yeah, I was really sick as a kid. And okay, uh, I'm so glad that's, that that's No, you're, you were on <laughs> the money. Right. Um, I was really sick as a kid and 
you know, my mom, bless her, we literally tried everything. I mean, every doctor. And like it got what? to the point. Well, we went to every medical doctor possible. And they're mm. like, I don't I don't know what to tell you, you know. Um, and it got to the point where they started to make me feel like it was in my head. Sure. And I was a teenager. I was super depressed. Um, so my mom's like. a teenager, like, sucks as it, it is It anyway. sucks as it is anyway. Yeah. And now, you know, I knew I wasn't right. I knew that I was feeling awful. And I'd always been sick as a kid. Mm-hmm. Antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic, which, of course, we later found out was sure. a contributing factor. Yeah. But, um. So my mom decided that she was going to take me to a Chinese medicine doctor. I mean, we tried everything, like wizard in caves, you name it, and we went. Um, and really got nowhere, kind of got like the Epstein-Barr thing, which basically if you've ever have been on antibiotics or had an ear infection, you probably have a touch of it. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't really the answer. And then I moved back to America because I was living in England at the time. I had my first son, and I was in the hospital after I gave birth to him, horrible pregnancy, and I had some complications I was laying in the hospital. I'm 23 years old. A doctor walks past my bed, backs up, wow. and goes, how long you had that rash on your face? And I was like, I don't know. It's come and gone ever since I was a kid. He's like, I'm testing you for lupus. Boom. And then you discovered your lupus. That was it. Wow. And uh, and how long like have you had you been dealing with that until you actually were properly diagnosed? Oh, God. My whole... I don't remember a time. I mean, as a little girl, I lived in... in in America and I lived in the sunshine. I think I was probably better then, mm-hmm. but I moved to England when I was about 11 and that's when like the symptoms got Lack pretty bad. D, right? Yeah. The I think, I, yeah, I don't think that I'm, I think that that definitely propelled all of my symptoms for sure yes. was that I was in the damp and the cold and they're just not, not, that's not a place for me to be. Wow. So I think that kind of like speared it, but, um, I dove headfirst into nutrition after that because I was not going to go like a, a medicine route. So no, the reason why I ask is because uh, a conversation that I remember you and I having before is you were really, really interested in gut flora. Yes. And I've always been really fascinated with it as well. And, and so is my fiance. She, her and you would get along really, really well. I hope I get to meet her. Yeah. Well, she's cool as shit. You would love her. But um, aside from just your personalities, she's very much into and, and so am I where how can I explain this? Like we've evolved in a way where our bodies are pretty good at taking care of, of themselves. Definitely. Like, everything that you need, you can basically get from nature. And Absolutely. From nature provides everything that we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have always been really, um, uh, focused on your products being natural and mm-hmm. also just, uh, common sense, you yes. know, like very common sense. There's no need to pump all these chemicals nope. into your body that aren't necessarily doing anything. Most of the time, especially you mentioned antibiotics, right? A lot of the times they make it worse. I mean, yep. without going on too much of a tangent, you, we know about like antibiotics creating like super germs at this point. Absolutely. Because your, your system needs the bacteria in it. Yeah. So when it kills all the, all the bad bad stuff, stuff, it kills all the good stuff too. Mm -hmm. So we're left completely depleted. And I don't think people, I think people are starting to really understand that. I think think they are. Yeah. I think the information out there now, um, is plentiful and we have so many ways to get information now. Um, and I think the gut's something that's so thankfully it's a big topic now. It's our second brain. I mean, it really is. And When your gut's not right, nothing's right. Even your serotonin, which is produced in your gut. So There's if, direct, like, yeah, direct correlation where people are going to doctors and they're getting put on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and all that stuff. Um, when sometimes really, you just really need to crack the gut flora. And then your serotonin levels will be better and you're not suffering from anxiety or depression anymore. 
So I think we attack it from the wrong angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the more that we know about the gut and nutrition, the better that we'll be mentally and physically. And I think it used to be where I felt like there were so many antibiotics going around and like a cold or a sniffle, you would get a, a medication. Z-pack. Some Yeah, Z-Pack, common, yeah. very common. Now I feel like you have an emotion you go to the doctor and you numb it. I had this conversation with a client the other day and I'm we, glad you're going on this because this is literally where I was going next where you connected gut flora and depression. Yes. And I feel like now we're just we're not even used to having any emotion other than happiness. So anytime we feel an emotion that's like not happiness, we go to the doctor. Wrong. Yeah, we go to we go to the doctor to numb it. And a lot of times the anxiety and depression comes from you know, poor nutrition and lack of gut flora in your gut. Therefore, your hormones are not able to communicate well and you're not able to produce serotonin. Mm. Um, and the other thing is being overweight. Um, you know, your fat cells have to be in a certain shape and they have to be placed in a certain way so that they communicate their hormones. That's how your hormones communicate. And when you lose fat and you gain and you wait, lose wait, and you I'll gain. Back up a yeah. Explain that to me again. Okay. So... People think that if you're overweight, you were born with a different number of fat cells. Everybody's born with the same exact number of fat cells. Okay. But it's like stuffing a trash bag. So your fat cells, like let's just say they're two circles and they're attached. So there's two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got you know millions of them floating around. Um, but you stuff a lot of trash in them, right? So extra fat has nowhere to go but to keep stretching out the fat cells. Okay. When you're born, they're supposed to be in the right shape and they're supposed to be hung, suspended in the right way. Okay. That's how your hormones um, communicate back and forth. Just like having some fat in the brain. You have to have a certain amount of cholesterol in there. Yeah. Yeah. For the neurons to connect and for them to pass messages back and forth. So when people overstuff their bodies and overeat, the fat cells get misshaped. Once they're misshaped, they can no longer communicate properly with each other. So, so what the hormones would be communicating. Like um, well, your serotonin is one of them. Yeah, that's where I was going. Um, all of your, all your hormones, every one of them, it passed back and forth through your fat cells and wow. through your brain um, and your pituitary gland, of course, and your thyroid. So once you kind of get them out of shape and they're not like kind of communicating anymore, sure. um, then you're depressed and you're anxious and you've got all kinds of other illnesses that go along with that. But Hormonally, your testosterone is going to, you know, tank. Um, your estrogen is going to rise. So we've got cancer. You've got, um, you know, male libido issues and depression and anxiety. And a lot of that is just to do with the fact that your fat cells can't communicate because you've overstepped it like a garbage bag. In your opinion, and I know yeah. this is like a super broad question, and I'm prefacing that because I don't want to like put you on the spot. How much of emotional issues in our society do you think can be attributed to just poor nutrition i'm gonna say a good 85 85 i do i think no matter what you've been through in your life and you know you and i have talked i mean you, you've you've overcome a lot in your life you know a lot a lot of stuff and i've overcome a lot of stuff in my life and tragedy and horrible things everybody goes through something mm-hmm I don't think that it's the events. I think it's our inability to cope with those events because we don't have the right physical, biological structure anymore. Okay. We don't have the the strength in our hormones. We don't have the right base, like the right brain base to, to cope anymore. Um, I think, so there's a lot of that. 
Um, and I think also the fact that, you know, we go to the doctor for help and therapy. And the first thing that they do is just shove medication in us. So now we're numb. Yeah. You know, and numb doesn't deal with the problem. So I'm not saying that, um, I'm not saying that it's, it's health that is the basis that, or ill health that causes us to have depression, anxiety. I'm not taking away that events can cause that of and experiences can cause that. But if you're healthy and you're healthy minded and you're, you've got good nutrition, it gives you a foundation to be able to deal with that. I'm really glad that you said it that way because I've said those same same things sometimes and you have to make sure you put one in front of the other because you're not saying that if you have good nutrition that life is perfect. Absolutely and not. It's going to be fine because you're still a human of and you course. still have things to deal with. But I'm saying that if uh, in being a human, just human nature, everybody has pain yep. that they need to deal with. And without that as a foundation, your pain compounds on itself compounds okay you you touched on a lot of things right there and two of them in particular i thought were really important to talk about um i and this one is almost like an opinion that i want to Mm -hmm. use i write a lot about a concept of people's sort of inability to deal with pain yes and they think that for whatever reason, the the world that we live in, if you're not super happy, mm-hmm. then something is wrong. Yep. And I think that people have really misconstrued the idea that anxiety and pain and like sometimes loneliness and sometimes grief is like all part of the same thing. And happiness is just like one of those. It is one of, one those, of those things emotions that fits into like the whole thing. So. I 100% agree with you. This is something I think about a lot. I think about it so much. I think about it really so do. much that, you know, I lost my son a few years ago. I think I think I'm you and I met that right after that. I wasn't sure if I... If yeah, you, you can absolutely bring it up because that has a lot to do. A, a, a large part of my company is the fact that I want to be able to give back from that. My son used to love to feed the homeless. And he used to go down to Del Rey and he used what to make... What happened to him? He pass? actually passed in a car crash, okay. um, but he had a lot of problems prior to that. Okay. And he, I do believe that a lot of those problems stemmed, and this is a whole, you and I can do a whole show on this one day. I hope, I hope we have the opportunity to do that together. Me too. Um, I believe that most of his problems stemmed from the fact that he was on ADHD medication from a very early age. How old? He got put on it in fourth grade, so he was nine. It's crazy. I did not want to put him on it. And here's what happened. His teacher called me in. He was a hyper kid, and he had a lot of medical issues so when he, he was, was born. He was mean. a kid. Thank you. So okay. that's another thing. Hyperactivity is another emotion that we seem to numb all yeah. of a sudden. It's called hyperactivity, not not being an active child not anymore. Being a nine-year-old. No. They took away pee, so now all teachers need to control the kids in the classroom. Because they don't have gym class they anymore. Thank you. So she called me in and we she was like, we should just have like a half hour session where we just vent just, about shit. That we need to just off. vent <laughs> this. Thank you. I would love that. We should do a once, once a week venting session. Yeah. Um, yeah, she called me in and she said to me, you know, listen, he, he needs medication. He's got ADHD. And I'm like, I was a really young mom. So I didn't really have a lot of like other mom support. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I said to her, I'm not gonna put my child on medication. You know, I have a disease from so much medication. I'm not doing yes. that. And she was like, listen, if you had a toolbox, and here's here's the guilt. If you have a if you had a toolbox and it had every tool in there to help your child succeed, would you hold a tool back? Of course I wouldn't hold a tool back. And she goes, Well, that was medication. Mm. 
So I thought, all right, I have a responsibility to at least. Oh my god, I will never forget it because yeah. I feel that that was the absolute, you know, um, the absolute point of no return for us. And I go to the doctor. They diagnose him with ADHD. Uh, you know, being a kid, whatever. And they give him Adderall. You put an underdeveloped brain on an addictive substance, you're building an addict. Mm -hmm. So you put him on a stimulant. That's what you're doing. And I tried to take him off because I never felt right about it. So I kept trying to take him off. And then he felt like he'd go to school and get in trouble for being a kid. Mom, I want to go back on it. Anyway, that led down to like this whole rabbit hole of depression and anxiety and um, his brain just didn't develop right. He developed depressed and anxious. So even though he died in the car crash, the really sad part of that is that he became an addict. Um, he got beaten up at school and he got put on YouTube when he was in seventh grade. Jeez. And in order to cope with that, he, you know, one of the kids at school gave him a Xanax and that Xanax led to vodka and the vodka led to other drugs and it just ended up on a path of destruction. And I will just point out for my son that he was always a really good kid. So, you know, a lot of parents correlate having an addict with having a child that's Morality. disobedient and has ill morals. And my son was the sweetest, kindest, most loving human being you'll ever meet. He never had a behavior problem. It was a, a depressive issue. And I believe it all stemmed from the fact that you put an underdeveloped brain on a stimulant drug and then try to take it away. And now he can't cope with regular life. And he's already a sensitive kid. So he had agreed to go into a year-long rehab program on the Monday morning. On that Saturday night, he went out with his friend to say goodbye to his friend. And his friend was under the influence and they got into a car crash. And unfortunately, they both passed. Wow. And the sad story of that was that after like the autopsies, it was actually my son that was really serious about going in on Monday because he was, he was clean. So um, that's a large part of why I developed Evolving Bodies mm -hmm. was to have a business where I felt like I was contributing to people's emotional health as well as their physical health and to produce something that I'd be able to carry on his name and give back. So we feed families in need. Every purchase goes toward helping a family get their hands on healthy food because people go through hard times and they got to feed their kids McDonald's and, you know, garbage like that. And I, fe I feel like that also contributes to the way they feel about themselves. Like, I, I now agree. can't afford to give my kids healthy food. I agree. So we try to contribute to that. And that's our story. There's, there's <laughs> a lot. To <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> Look, obviously, I know a thing or two about addiction. Yes, I know. You know, um on like this podcast and stuff it's not necessarily like the focal point of of what i talk about but, but it's kind of what brought you all together and yeah. kind of how you created this and how you became amazing i mean it's your it's your thanks yeah well hey most people know that mm -hmm. i'm that i'm a sober guy that i'm yeah. in recovery uh it's always very interesting to see it from somebody else's perspective because i relate to your son a lot more than I relate to you. Yeah. And um, it's, man, first off, like, how, how you must think about it every day. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny because you remind me a lot of my son just in the fact, like, the way you're built and you're so creative and I feel like you, you really feel for people. Um, yeah, I so, do. yeah, I, I feel like for me, that was kind of the connection I had with you right at the beginning because you were really honest with me 
like when we first met and you were like, hey, you know, I'm in recovery and this is what I do and I employ people that are in recovery and I want to give people a chance. And I'm just like, I just saw something in you that reminded me so much of him that it was never that you ever had any ill intent toward anybody. It was an emotional, it was a, a an emotional situation within yourself. And, and that was, you know, exactly my son. People correlate addiction to, um, bad behavior or the I don't know what I can and can't say but the kind of like a F you to society and that's not the case for every addict you know and um, a lot of people just want to numb their pain and you know and they don't they don't want to hurt anyone else they just don't know how to deal with the outside pressures of the world the absolute biggest lesson that I've learned from being in recovery is that being in pain does not mean you're gonna fucking die that's right um it's the hands down the biggest lesson that I've learned and it's taken a while, but learning that an emotion is just a thing that you're feeling and it's not necessarily reality Yep, has completely changed like the trajectory of my life because I'm just much more capable of handling like external influences to get that thrown at me. Yes. And a big part of that has always been about exercise. If, huge if it's not for me being able to like burn out somehow because i believe that every single person has some kind of like obsessive behavior there's something about humanity absolutely you know, where, agreed like, we just need some kind of thing i'm to, so like, glad you said that consume us you know and i think it's important for people to like understand that and to realize that you're eating like 4,000 calories a day to fill that void. Yes. You're running like 30 miles a week to fill that void. You're popping Xanax to fill that void. And like that void is just being a human. That's it. You know, it's just trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on around me all That's the time. That's right. And to see people like you that are like honest about just acknowledging the reality mm-hmm. of like that's just what's happening yeah and there's ways to actually deal with it and move forward. I think it's like really, really refreshing. That's why I've always, that's why I've always Thank believed you. that I mean, you've already been a success, but I, I, I just believe you're going to have like a serious impact. And that's all I hope, you know, and, you know, of course, I want to I want to make some money along the way. Sure. But that's I really believe. And I think you and I kind of follow a lot of the same influencers. But I do believe the more money I make, the more I can help. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a responsibility for everybody to get out there and try to make as much as they can, because the more you have, the more you're able to help. And that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, that's definitely a goal, but I think for the right reasons, you know, um, but I, I love what you said. And I think that we just don't know how to cope with feeling. I'm also a big believer that I wish more people that were suffering, um, you know, from their depression, their anxiety and their and their their bad feelings. I wish more people understood that's where the growth happens. And it's so necessary. It's so necessary to deal with those feelings in order to grow as a person. And if you're constantly numbing them and you're only looking for the state of happiness all of the time, I don't believe that you grow. How are you supposed to grow? It's always felt like common sense to me. Agreed. I've never seen like a single thing in life anywhere in the universe where like something grew and it didn't like have some kind of destruction or like pain involved like absolutely even just your body if you want to build your muscles it fucking hurts it 
hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts so bad. I'm so glad you brought that up too. Um, Because I feel like that's another thing that people, you know, we're so used to numbing our emotional feelings now that we can only accept a state of happiness or bliss. Mm -hmm. It's the same when you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to build muscle or you're trying to, it's super uncomfortable. And we as a society have forgotten that being uncomfortable is the only way to change emotionally or physically. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to grow. It's a catalyst. It's a total catalyst. And um, I think where you were going like with the exercise before and how important that is for you. So they say there's one, one thing that I love about this, the physiology of exercise and depression. So if you're depressed, you change your state by moving your feet. And it's because you need to tap your feet on the ground. So like going for a run um, or a walk or getting outside and just making sure you move your feet is because it stimulates the nerve endings in your feet. Because there's a gazillion of them. Because there's a gazillion of them in the feet. And if you stimulate the nerve endings in your feet, you stimulate your brain. And it, it produces all your happy hormones pretty much immediately. And it changes your state in an instant. I, I totally believe that, and I've never thought to look at it that way, but I'm really interested to learn. Do you know, uh, by any chance, I, I, they're MMA coaches, so I don't know. Oh, I, you know I'm big into MMA. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Marv Marinovich, you know his I know of him. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's a really famous conditioning coach, yep. and he spends like 80% of the time on stabilizing foot muscles. Because even like reactionary stuff, that feeling... Where, you know, if you close your eyes and you lean over a little bit too far and you get that sort of twitch feeling, that all stems from the nerves in your feet. That all stems from the nerves in your feet. Another really good one um, is freezing cold water. Do you do cold therapy? I love cold therapy. So I try... Wim Hof? What? You like Wim Hof? Oh, Wim Hof is the guy that he climbed Mount Everest in in, in like a short... Yeah, a maniac. (laughs) Maniac. Do you ever listen to Ben Greenfield? No. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to change your life today. I'll put him on the show. Put him on. Oh, you've got to to look him up. He's an amazing podcaster. Cool. Um, Brilliant guy. I think... I think... Sometimes when I listen to him, I kind of hear your voice. There's something about him, but you'll you'll really like him. So... Um, yeah, I know Wim Hof because of that. Unfortunately, in Florida, our showers don't get as don't freezing get cold, cold as I want them to. When me and my girl go up north, because she's from Boston and I'm from Philly, and then we always like joke about it. It's like, oh man, these cold showers are gonna be. Like, They're gonna be amazing, really right? Uh, Whenever I feel like I'm really depressed or down, um, I try to like make room for like a five minute shower just to get in there and get it on freezing cold water, mm. and then I try to put it to freezing before I get out, even if I can only stand it for a few seconds. That also, it stimulates your nervous system, so it changes your state in two seconds. Okay. I want to um, transition a little bit mm-hmm. because as knowledgeable as you are about this stuff, I always, I, I also um, think you have a lot to give in terms of like the business and marketing Thank aspect. Thank you. Uh, however, let me sort of wrap this part of the chat up yep. with um, people listening always like specifics and they like things that they can just apply yes. right now. So we did uh, some really quick ones, move your feet, take a cold shower in yep. terms of like the diet. And I know that you work a lot with weight loss. I think mm-hmm. people really like to overcomplicate that. Very much so. And yep. You need to understand that it's going to be like a couple month process to really stabilize. Absolutely. Your body. So what are the quick daily habits that you think people can just start doing right away that will have like the biggest compounding impact? Um, I think it's easier for people to add good things in before they start taking their stuff out. Um, okay. So I always say like, start with maybe three new vegetables, 
go to the supermarket and stay in the whole food section. So if it's grown, eat it. You know, if you have to open it in a package, just start opening less packages and eating more whole foods. So instead of starting to take away the stuff that you're eating now, try to add in like two new fruits and two or three new vegetables that week. Mm. Because once you start adding the good stuff in, the bad stuff's just going to start to disappear on its own. Drink a lot more water, which I is so overlooked. It's unbelievable, so, but it's like 80% so. Of the population thank is you. Yes, we're dehydrated. And yeah. Imagine what happens when you're dehydrated. Your brain can't function right when you're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think drink a lot more water. Try to move for ten minutes a day. I don't care what it is. Ten minutes a day. You ten minutes. I don't care if you're just squatting up and down for ten minutes. I don't care if you're doing jumping jacks for ten minutes. Ten minutes. Get your heart rate up. You could just stand there and do air punches. Um, Make a routine. Get up in the morning, drink water, move for a few minutes, and add two or three new vegetables and fruits in that day. Mm. And then every day, just try to compound on that. So drink more water the next day. Move for three more minutes the next day. Add another vegetable in the next day. And if you just keep compounding those things, eventually... You'll be moving for an hour a day. You'll be drinking a gallon of water. Um, and your your diet's going to be mainly plant-based because it just kind of happened. And I think that's it. Just stick to the basics and don't don't try and and don't try and implement an entire program change all at once because you difficult. will fail. Yeah, it's too overwhelming. Yeah. Take three weeks. Take yourself three weeks. And another way that I try to approach it with people is I say, for the next week, the only thing I want you to do is move for 10 minutes, drink eight glasses of water, and just change your breakfast. Leave everything else alone. Mm-hmm. Just eat what I tell you for breakfast. Eat some a couple of, of hard-boiled eggs and avocado um, and some you know blueberries for breakfast. It's all healthy fats. It's great for the brain. Um, really good to help lift your mood and start getting some weight shifted. The next week, breakfast is already done. Yeah. It's not overwhelming anymore. You built that habit. You built it. Now change your lunch. You know, replace whatever sandwich you're eating mm-hmm. or whatever box you're opening and go out there and get like a fresh chicken salad. Just get a salad. You know, put some chicken on it or shrimp or salmon. Change your lunch. Following week, you've got breakfast down. You've got lunch down. Mm-hmm. You're moving a little bit. You're drinking water. Now change your dinner. Get those vegetables in there, some protein in there, olive oil, now it's not overwhelming because you didn't have to do it all at one time. You know, you but didn't you still got to the same place, but you still got to the same place and yes. it was less overwhelming. Um, it gave your mind room to really just think about that one thing and think about it well and thoroughly. So um, I think that that's, you know, a really good way to approach it. And I find a lot of success with that approach. I, I imagine that you would, I think. I think aside from the overwhelming concept, it's also little victories. Little victories. And little, little build confidence a day at a time. Yes. Uh, I, that's why I make my bed first thing in the morning. Love that. Did you ever listen to that, Marine, about the, the bed making? I did read that, but I actually learned that in rehab. Oh. So huge thing for me. And so funny you brought that up because um, since I moved, I don't know what it is, but there's something about me getting up and I've been just getting ready real quick and not making my bed. And then the other day, my son, I've also, I've got another son and thank God he's 18. He's, he's amazing. And he, um, something, something him and I were talking about. And he was like, remember the Marine that video that you shared with me about making your bed. It was awesome. And I'm like, start by making your bed bed because you've already accomplished your first goal of the day. And that Mm. will give you the confidence to continue to accomplishing small goals. And, and that's all it's about. 
So I say drink water, change your breakfast, incorporate more plant-based foods, which is just basically going to the section of your market and picking vegetables and fruits. Pick three vegetables and three fruits. Eat them that week. Just three. That's all you need to do. Um, And I also think that mindset's a huge thing. So read five pages of something that motivates you a day or listen to a video that motivates you every day. Um, You know, meditation, you and I can get into that at another time. But, you know, no. Yeah, we'll be here forever. We need to do like a whole show on on just learning to meditate. But um, yeah, I think that that's, it's just very simple and people really try to overcomplicate it. I agree. Don't totally. follow a diet or a plan. And don't read a diet book because... It, just make you feel like you're doing it wrong. Thank you. And you'll give up because yeah. it's so overwhelming. I would give up. I read half these books just to know what my clients are reading and I'm like, how the heck are people supposed to make all these changes overnight that don't know what they're doing? It's mm-hmm. just too much. Everybody's overcomplicated. It's really not that. Nobody has reinvented the wheel yet. No. And on that notion, you're much more educated on this than I am. But I thought I thought about if you basically stick to eating colors, yes. working out to your sweat, and drinking water. Absolutely. That's you it. You can basically do anything. You can do anything. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for all your wisdom. And oh, my God. You're so subject. welcome. We'll, we'll continue to talk about yeah. that. I want to spend a little bit of time uh, on how Evolving Bodies has grown. And also I want to get into like some more kind of technical things because um, in the same way that you see a lot of people overcomplicating fitness and nutrition, I see a whole lot of people overcomplicating like marketing and the internet. And there's, and one of the unfortunate things about it is the more content gets thrown out there, the more everybody says, like, I have the secret. Oh, my you know? gosh. There's, like, probably 50,000 articles a day written about how to grow your brand, you know? And so I try I try to stay out of that. Yep. But then in doing so, I feel like I'm not able to contribute, like, what I feel is the simplest and most straightforward approach to actually being able to grow something that you're passionate about. I think about. you need to write a book called Cut the Crap. You know, I've been trying to write a book for three years. Me too. (laughs) We'll get it done. It's super confusing web out there. It's just... So I'm going to be honest. I mean, here's the thing with Evolving Bodies. Mm -hmm. I have incredible products at work. I have not yet sold to a customer that has not come back. Can you believe that? Not one time. I can't believe that. My products work. However, I am now on the fourth time of saving my business. I do it by myself. It is not easy. I have not I have not figured out the sticky, sticky, sticky web of internet marketing yet. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of it because I hate computers. I'm not really computer literate. People say that all the time. It's really a scary place for me. Yeah. I don't know who to trust anymore because I've spent, and I'm not going to lie, I have spent thousands of dollars on the wrong marketing people because everyone comes to you with their genius idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm like currently in like the fourth stage of saving my business. But for me, my products work. They are a success. So regardless of whether or not the company is yet worth the money it needs to be worth for me to be able to really say I feel successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's by feeling successful, my goal is to feed at least a million people. And until I do that, I don't feel I'm going to be a success. But I have such a long term plan that I'm not worried about it. So it's not my main source of anything because otherwise I wouldn't be able to continue to save it. Mm -hmm. But I talked to my best friend about this the other day. We all look at people and we think like, oh, well, 
he's on that show or he wrote that book. He must be super successful. Um, it's really not always my the case. favorite saying in the world is a successful person is just a failure that tried one more time. And I'm always going to be that person that will try again mm-hmm. and I will succeed. But at this very moment, um, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I've got it figured out yet. And that's a hundred percent only because of internet marketing. It's just such a confusing web. Um, I think I'd have been so much more successful if we were still back in the day of one-on-one communication. Like if I had to go door to door, sell my product, make connections, meet people, I think I'd have, I'd have killed it by now. I think that's probably true. Although I think you're confusing, uh, all of the tactics and the secrets that of you course. with the face to face, like you still do the face to face. Yeah, I do. It's just a different, the internet is just a different medium of communication. True. So I think if you were to take the same approach that you have and just translate it, you would probably be fine. If it makes you feel any better, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm counting real quick. I, it took me six tries to uh, get my one website, Sober Nation, even not even profitable because believe it or not, the site's never really been like a profitable thing. Yeah, it's just, it was just a thing that like I, I kept doing and uh, a lot of people see it and they think like, wow, look at this. But you've impacted lives with it. Therefore, it's successful. I, I, I feel that I have and I feel really, really good about that. Another thing that I feel really good about is... um. I learned so much from doing it. Like all the mistakes that I made, which taught me how to actually do it, I made on that website. So it took me six years, but but there's there's nothing that like I I would see today that I haven't seen at some point through doing that. So Before. I think, believe it or not, in just the same way that you were saying about dealing with pain and dealing with uncomfortability, like you're just going through that now. I agree. With the evolution. And, and it's important. It's super important. It's important. I Especially mean. Especially because it like calluses you. Because in this kind absolutely. of thing, telling you that like you're not good enough and that you should do it this yep. way. Or you, should, you should change your strategy. And it, it takes a lot of like fucking things up to actually just be able to understand in your heart like, no, what I'm doing is, is the right way to do it. And you know, I'll listen to you, but your opinion just doesn't really matter. To I me. agree. I think that every time I fuck up <laughs> and I, I manage to save it, I'm so incredibly proud of myself mm-hmm. and it gives me the confidence to continue to go forward. And through our mistakes is how we learn. Same as you and I were just talking about, you know, with feelings, going through something and really feeling it and, you know, um, coming through that feeling is what gives you confidence in life. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if people are just constantly fixing problems for you or you give up or um, you expect overnight success and you don't get it, or you know you need to be happy all of the time. Then you can't deal with it. you can't deal with anything, and you can't fix anything. And I don't think you grow. So I say it's the fourth time, and funnily enough, I kind of feel proud about that <laughs> in a weird kind of way because I feel like you know I did it three other times. I'm going to sure. do it this time, and I'm doing it. And I've learned so much because of it that I've gained a mass amount of confidence, you know, in that and. I think if I was an overnight success and I had never had to deal with a problem, believe me, problems were going to come down the road and I wouldn't have known how to deal with it. And instead of messing up what I've got now, I'd have messed up on a huge level. And I don't know that I would have been able to come back from that. So all these little mess ups and, you know, saving it again, I think is like slowly organically growing. I'm also slowly organically growing as a businesswoman. And I I think that's important. Yeah. And I also think that uh, I've, I've, witnessed and this is just my experience but i've witnessed a lot of times the 
guy or the or the girl or the company or or whatever like whatever the the entity is most of the time it's just like a battle of attrition yes i think that stamina is a huge stamina is it and, and that's why i've always these things are like so closely connected like business and marketing and fitness and, and and mind state that's why i've always appreciated my running more than anything else because i know it doesn't make me look the best and sometimes it almost makes me look a little bit skinny and like i get a little self-conscious about that but i know in my mind that like i can get there and, it's the distance training yeah. like mentally and physically it's your distance training like mm-hmm. i can withstand it you can just deal with it. You can deal and you can stick in with a problem. For sure. And that's, I think, the most important thing. If you can stick with the problem, <clears throat> like you can run through the uncomfortable parts, you can get through those plateaus where you feel like you're hitting a wall and you can make it to your end goal. That, to me, builds um, resistance, resilience, and the ability to stick through a problem. And you said that plateau training, that's like a really good metaphor because I think with where you're at right now is just a little bit of a plateau. Yes. You don't know it until you feel it. There's been times where, you know, I'm on like, usually it's around like mile four. I don't know what it is about mile four, yep. but it starts to hit me. I'm just like, man, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And then somehow if I get to like mile five, I'm just good again. You're good again. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what's going on. It's like you I'm got just, that second win. Yeah. And I'm, I can keep going. And it's all about breaking. Right. Because most people, especially today, because we're such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like instant gratification nation. Yeah. Because we're such an instant gratification nation. Most people just stop at mile four. They're mm-hmm. like, I feel uncomfortable. I can't go anymore. I'm done. They don't push through it. And I think that that relates to, all success in life anything that you're successful at it's because you withstood that and you pushed through that uncomfortable state um just going off that i actually said to my best friend the other day with evolving bodies i was like you know i'm not looking for this to be a success tomorrow i'm in this for 10 years down the road i see the big thing happening 10 years you know and along the way i'm going to be changing so many lives and that's the important thing to me but you know when you're trying to think of a word and it's at the tip of your tongue and you can't quite get it out? Sure. That's how I feel about evolving bodies. Like I'm not sure what that avenue is going to be yet that's going to blow it up, but it's right there in front of me. I feel like it's a really good time in the supplement industry and nutritional industry to um, to make, to be a trailblazer. And it's kind of like that feeling I constantly have where like there's a word on the tip of my tongue. Like I know there's an idea right there on the tip of my tongue and it's just not quite coming to me yet of the direction that this needs to go for it to really impact the most amount of lives. So I'm kind of like right at that point. And um, I think it'll just happen. I think if I just continue to keep going forward, keep talking to people, keep thinking, keep writing, I think it'll just happen. I think so as well. And I'll give you my experience on that. Um, it For for timstods.com, for mm-hmm. like the personal thing that I'm doing, I spent three years trying to think of like the way and you and I were talking about this before we started recording what is the keywords that I need to go after what right. is like the perfect lookalike audience that I can send ads to and it wasn't until I just took a step back and I just started telling my story that uh it I don't want to say took off because you know it's not like huge but certainly hit it started to get attention yeah yeah certainly hit a trajectory so uh, I'm I'm not in the mind frame of like we talked about telling you like I know what you should do you should do this but I do believe that you have like a very powerful story to tell and I Thank do believe you. that your 
you don't know how to be any other way aside mm-hmm. from just like honest and authentic. It's true. I really don't. Yeah, and people really, really gravitate towards that. They don't actually Thanks. gravitate to like the products as much as they gravitate to the story. People I are hope like so. Storytelling machines. They do, and I know that's like a big thing now. And um, I think because and you're the same way. I think you're very authentic, and I think you tell it like it is. And I think you're a Thanks. no bullshit person. And I think you're very honest about your story, and that makes you so relatable. Mm-hmm. And it makes it makes people around you just feel comfortable. And I think there's so much talk now about marketing your product <clears throat> by telling your story. People, is there a lot of talk about that? There is a lot of talk about oh. that right now. And I think people are trying to make a story. And I think for people like you and I, I don't know about you, but for me, I hear so much of this talk now, like you, you got to have your story behind your brand and what's your story and tell your story. And it kind of almost makes me feel like, well, I know what my story is, but I hear so much talk about it. It's like, maybe my story is not enough. Maybe you need to like build no, on that. That's why you got to get off Facebook. I I love Facebook for the fact that I get to put information out there. I hate it because it makes me angry that people are given this platform to make a difference in the world, but yet they're posting things like, I have a cold and I'm in bed today and Mm. poor me. And like, what did that do for the world? I hate, I hate social media, but I love it at the same time. It's a love hate relationship. I'm not even a, a love hate anymore. I saw the value of it as a marketer. I still see the value of it as an advertising platform, but, um, in terms of, you know, it's a platform to get your message out there, it's still not even really because just the mind frame that people are in when they're on Facebook, like they don't really care what you have to say. They're Mm-mm. just bored. They're if bored. If you really want followers and you really want people that are like interested in what you have to say, there's there's much better avenues to like to build, uh, you know, a, a bridge where like here's my message, here's my audience and to sort of dump your, I don't want to say dump like you're forcing it on them but uh, make your story accessible to people i think facebook's like the worst one i th- i agree with you i think i try to use it to educate people and as an educator i i, I like it for that reason mm-hmm. um but i can't even find any good stuff on there anymore plus they're um they're um like monitoring how many people now see your stuff so it's not all your friends anymore anyway on your list it's not like like 10 people get to see your stuff all the time same 10 generated people yeah. so i don't think it's probably the best way anymore but you have so much to offer and knowledge in that department. And on a selfish level, I feel like that's why selfishly, I feel like that's why we keep kind of like crossing paths and sort of like staying in each other's lives. I feel like you have so much to teach me in that department. And every time I talk to you, I'm a little bit more motivated to put myself out there. I'm even more motivated after today. Like I need to get out there and make more videos. Yeah. And you know, that does make me feel good because, uh, I'm not like a big advocate of motivation, you know, I, I think a lot of people build their brands by like motivating people. And that's really not what I'm after. But I do like knowing that um, I've I've dealt with those feelings of insecurity where you say like, why does anybody, why would anybody really care what I mm-hmm. have to say? Or like, why would I make this video? It's not going to be good. You know, people are just going to laugh at it. And so I've, I hit this, uh, this motto sort of, of hit publish, hit publish. If it's done or not, I remember that like hit publish and I feel good about the fact that people have come up to me a few different times and said like, Hey man, like I was, I was really doubting myself and you gave me a little extra boost of confidence to say like, you know what, even if nobody likes it, who cares? Here's like this thing that I made. Yep. And I, and that's important because there's like a craft behind it. There's a piece of you. There's a thing that 
you made right now that nobody will ever ever be able to make again and even if it's like a couple sentences long it doesn't matter because it's like uniquely you it's uniquely you and um and when people say that that to me like that really hits me more than like oh wow i i learned this great piece of advice on email marketing from you like thanks a lot when people actually say like i listened to you and you gave me the courage to hit publish that's the shit that that gets me well you gave me the courage (laughs) on several different occasions that i wrote something or made something and i'm like i don't know if this is really content worthy enough for people but it's just what i feel i want to get out i don't even know if anyone cares but i do always remember that from you just like hit publish and so i just do it Mm -hmm. and i think with the writing sometimes i'm like god i put so much effort into that and like 20 people cared but i stopped caring about that i just think it's a it's an overall at the end of the day it's going to be overall just the quality of content that you put out there it's not i agree it's not like each individual thing that you did because some things have a massive impact because lots of people relate to it and sometimes you put things out there where a smaller number of people relate to it cumulative yes and a cumulative effect absolutely and yeah you definitely every time i talk to you give me the confidence like get out there a little bit more and put myself out there a little bit more yeah that makes you feel good thank you yeah so um so let, let, let's wrap up with this then. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you're so selfless. And every oh, time I you. talk to you about the goal of Evolving Body, the first thing you always talk about is the impact you want to have on other people. But I think you're also aware that there has to be something in it for you. Yeah. So like what is your goal? And not helping people. What is like the benchmark that you want to hit for you that you feel like you'll have your business or your concept to the spot that you feel good about? without talking about other people, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's just having, it really is about changing lives. For me, it just really is how many lives can I change in my lifetime? Mm -hmm. Like how worthy was, was my existence on this planet? I want to make it the most worthy. And financially, I want to be in a spot where, I can help other people like me financially. So I haven't taken any loans. I don't have any investors. That's great. All either. been my own. And, you know, I know I've hit plenty of times where I'm like, maybe I should take an investor or I need money. Or nah. if I if I had somebody else's money, I'd have been able to grow quicker. And I'd like to be that person that sees other people with great intentions in their business and maybe need a little bit of help along the way and I'm able to write that check and give them help and invest Mm -hmm. in other people without needing anything back. And if I could do that, if I could help 20 other, and I don't mean to be sexist, but of course I want to help women. I especially want to help women that have been single moms. Um, I think that's really important for me. Um, I feel a lot of self-confidence in the things that I've overcome being a single mom. And... And when I talk about single mom, I'm talking about you are, in my opinion, this is a whole nother story, a whole nother show. So I'm just going to say one piece quickly. In my opinion, if you, if your children's dad is around and they're picking those kids up every other day or every other weekend and they're helping you financially, you're not a single mom. You're just a person that lives on their own. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about single moms that really need to make it for their kids on their own. I'd like to be able to be able to help other moms i'd be able i'd like to be able to help write a check to them for their business so that they can become independent and grow something on their own and not have to worry about getting it back that's really where i'd like to be and 
And of course, I'd like to not have to worry about anything financially for myself. Um, but I don't ask a lot. Like, truthfully, I just want to look pretty. I mean, <laughs> like, I want to be able to, like, just be able to spend money on my hair and my skin. I don't even care about clothes and stuff. But, like, that's it. Yeah. I mean. You have, like, your your small um, maintenance things to get that, Yeah, I just, like, yeah. like yeah, you know, and, and they get they get bigger as you get older. So, they get more expensive as you get older. <laughs> but, like, truthfully, on a selfish level, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I want to be able to... You know, I've got I've got my husband and we both kind of have the same goals. I would love to be able to afford a couple of homes in mm-hmm. in in the environments that we want, maybe something like in Montana and also something like in the Keys. I would be able to I would just want to have that freedom sure. to be able to be in environments we want to be in and be able to kind of like pick up and and go whenever we want. So I guess independence and freedom, of course, is a goal. Um, and that's really it. I mean. I just want to make my time on this. I really am. I mean, people don't realize that, but I really am. I'm a very simple person. And, um, I've always got that vibe from you. I guess because I'm the same way. Like my house is super plain and I wear the same clothes for like four years. (laughs) Yep. Like I don't care about big houses. In fact, I want to keep it small because I think if you have a smaller home, people, you connect with your family better. I read a, a study a little bit ago about a correlation between, um, like, empty space so it was people per square foot so like the more square foot a person has in the home um like the sadder the home is oh my gosh brush shoulders thank you in the kitchen i can't believe this is a thing outside of my own head i feel so validated right now i'll try to find the study hold on you gotta you've gotta i feel so validated right now because i say that to people all the time like even if I had $30 million, my home would be more like I'd have several of them, but they'd still be small. Mine too. Because I just think that there's there's so much to be said about the relationships inside your house when you have to be kind of closer together. Mine too. I grew up in a super small house. Me too. One bathroom and you know my whole family and you couldn't go anywhere without seeing somebody. So sometimes, yeah, like you wanted your space, but at the same time, like i i've the, human connection yeah like the connection I, I have with my family i think is very um unique and something that i'm I'm really grateful for and i, I really attribute that to just working together in Being like near a them. small uh small uh close quarters yes uh lily thank you so much thank you so much you kidding this is the best i had a great time i'm so proud of you and thank you and i'm proud of you too when i was uh, having breakfast with my fiance i said i'm looking forward to this because lily's really well spoken i'm not going to have to do a lot of editing on the podcast well, i hope i didn't it, give you a tough job no you, you did a super super easy job <laughs> thank um, you. okay evolvingbodies.com b-o-d-y-z yes sir yeah you got an instagram i do evolving bodies is instagram too cool. um trying to build that up so i really need some help on that because i just want it to grow organically and mm. i put out so much good information on there um i do find though that with my instagram getting more personal pictures on there is personally connecting with people better so i'm starting to do that a little more Great. um so they can have a face and a person behind you know the company absolutely so evolving bodies evolving bodies on facebook and lily jaffe on facebook i'm you know cool. i'm open for everybody so cool thank you Thank you. Thank you to everybody uh, who listens to the podcast. Yep, thank thank you. you for the emails that you give, uh, always giving me uh, some some positive vibes. That shit really means a lot to me. Uh, if you could subscribe, leave a rating on the iTunes. That's the best thing that you can do to support the show. I appreciate you guys, Lily. I appreciate you. I appreciate I'll talk to you, you next week. See ya.
Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.